You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We appreciate you for being with us. If you've been with us all day, we appreciate you as well. Let's go back to Devonta Sabonis here for a moment. He's listed as questionable uh, for tonight's game. Do you think the Kings are playing this safe, recognizing if you miss these two Denver games, and they're obviously tough games to miss, but they're back-to-back, you can stretch till Friday, and Kenny and I, were, I we have no idea what this means, but if he got hurt Friday, is able to get a week under his belt before playing his first game because the next one would be Friday versus Utah, do you think they're, they're, they're trying to – just give him as much like initial ramp up as they possibly can without, you know, putting him in. You know, I, I use the example of Devin Booker. It's probably not fair. Devin Booker came back for like a minute and a half uh, and then was ruled out again for another month. And obviously that's a situation that Sacramento can't afford with Domas. So do you think they're they're just trying to play this thing safe? No, I think when it comes to this specific injury, it's about pain management initially. It's about getting the swelling down and, you know, sort of – and he had, he had some sort of he had something on last night. Yeah, he had a glove on. on I, I think. A, oh, okay. Yeah, some sort of glove. Uh, Sean zoomed in on it at one point. Of yeah, course he did. He was wearing With a his, glove. Like nine hundred megapixel camera that yeah. he zooms in and still is somehow in four K. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does amazing work, and he's he's done it for so long, and he's done a good job of of teaching uh, your your guy Matt. <laughs> Matty Ice, Matty McQueen, Matty McQueen. Um, yeah, he. You know those guys. Like their cameras are crazy. Yeah. I don't like watching the game through a, a lens like that. Um, anyway, uh, he was. It is more... a unique talent. Like they. Like I've I've looked oh, yeah. at some of Matt's clips. Like I mean, obviously Sean is tremendous. Looked at some of Matt's clips. Like they're really on top of it with those cameras, which. Yeah, and we're like eighty yards away. Yeah, we're pretty. We're not close. Strike. Yeah, no, and then from the bench, strike. like yeah. a long way away. Yeah, my my iPhone can't do that. <laughs> it can't do it. They those those. No, guys not at all. Um, yeah, but when it comes to Sabonis, like, look, everything that I heard was that he he wants to get back on the court as soon as possible. The Kings want him back on the court as soon as possible, and there was sort of like he's going to be listed as questionable for Game One of this, but don't be surprised if he's back for like quicker than than you expect um so and it's not like booker where i think he can do more damage very specifically like he snapped the the bone off Uh, so the ligament is is hanging loose in there just chilling already off (laughs) it can't can't be any more off off. (laughs) yeah so if he had like a partial tear of the ligament itself not the bone but the, the the ligament itself and you had a partial tear then you could worry about him doing more damage, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about this thing is it snapped off at the bone. I guess that's what I don't understand. So, like, it snapped off, right? Like, how does it magically go back together without surgery? 
Well, the bone can reattach itself. Like it, they're going to tape tape it and pin it in place as long as they can and try to get. The I really bone. hate when you say pin it in place because that mm. God, that sounds just terrible. Well, that's not Ouch. even. I'm not even saying drop a pin in it. Um, <laughs> I'm saying they're going to tape that thing to where it goes yeah. and, and hope that it reattaches itself. Oh, uh, but at the Ooh. same time, like this isn't. It's a weird injury. Like if it mm-hmm. were a rupture or if it were a tear, like he would have been out for a long time because it's broken off the bone. You know, will it cause him to not have the same squeeze in his, in his right hand? Yeah. He won't be able to like grab the basketball in the same way that he has in the past. Um, but that's where him being left-handed actually does come into play. And you know, the fact that he does everything with both hands, like he's a two handed rebounder, um, you know, I think it does actually help him as well. So three o'clock hour in February, j- j- night after a game, James Scott, <laughs> Smonish just doesn't have the same squeeze since the injury. Yeah, just, just yeah, have the same squeeze. Yeah, <laughs> Sass brings up uh, another injury here, which is mallet finger. Um, which you I actually guys are making stuff up. No, I actually that? had Isn't a conversation. That like drop here. Foot or something like no, that? a mallet finger is literally like this. The tip of your finger goes like this and gets stuck just like that. Oh, oh that's Russell what? Wilson. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I remember. I was yeah. going to say, why do I? Why do I remember this? So I was in LA on uh, covering. I think it was Team USA, and my wife called me and said we had a the pug was a puppy. Hey, he went to the bathroom on the floor. And I was cleaning up his his urine with a with a uh, towel, and I caught my finger on the carpet, and it stuck. And I'm like, "What do you mean it stuck?" So she <sighs> takes a picture, and her fingertip <laughs> is just bent. And I'm like, "Oh man!" Like my first instinct, well, you're gonna have to grab it and just pull down as hard as you can, and have it drop back. You dislocated it. That's not what it was. It was mallet finger. Uh, which I, I having a conversation here uh, with, I think with Rich Ripley, and he he talked about Rich mallet. Seems finger. like the type of guy who just want to sit down and discuss mallet finger. Yeah, we were discussing. It was yesterday <laughs> we were discussing mallet finger. Can you explain to me how this came up? Like, how does mallet finger come up in because your day to day conversation? We were talking about Sabonis's injury because it's you know a, a different type of hand injury. So it's weird. You do this job long enough, and you know, like oh. Oh, he's got like an adductor strain. You're like, all right, well, I know what that is. That's not good. And like, it's in your mind. Okay, well, that's, you know, three to four weeks probably. Like you have almost every single injury logged in your head about how long, you know, oh, it's a MCL sprain, uh, six to six to eight weeks or, uh, you know, dislocated shoulder or, or, you know, whatever the injury is. We get a timeline for mallet finger. Well, Russell Wilson was back in four weeks, five weeks. Okay, but the typical, though, is two months in, and they have this little piece of plastic. Oh, yeah, you, that you has explained a, this before. It has a brace on the back, and it has a, it, it's a little thing that comes around with a little cup, and it holds your finger back in place. And the second you pull it off, your finger goes, and starts bending, and you're like, all right, it's not ready yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the that was the um, the tweet. <laughs> Russell Wilson's tweet. Pins out. Pins out. That's right. Oh. See now. Oh. That's right. If you're an NFL player, they're gonna go in and they're gonna set that thing. They're gonna put. They are gonna put a pin in it. But those pins, like they can, like remove those very quickly. Yeah. Well, um, 
Tell me how Mark Davis can see an out-of-bounds play from 30 feet away. How about that? <laughs> the injury talk gets me every time. There were some late calls in that game. There really some were. Really yeah, those, On both those, sides. Those whistles, I, yeah. And I don't necessarily think they were wrong, but they were late. You're like, what are you doing? Like... You all well, like Kenny there. said, the call, the Rashawn Holmes call wasn't wrong. It was just, how the hell did you see it? Yeah, the guy standing that. four feet said it's out on Denver, it's Sacramento's ball, Mark, and you come walking in from over where Mark, Jordy Fernandez is Mark standing. Davis was sitting next to damn James Ham. I thought there were the two or three times where they looked up and got the ruling off the scoreboard. That's In that game mm. specifically, I thought guys are like, Jeez. You know, looking up because, you know, the scoreboard has like those giant screens. But if you're sitting down low, there are TVs underneath mm-hmm. that you can see. Well, no, those are Kenny seats. Wait, the, thank those you. Are like, Kenny like, seats. This, 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 what are you talking about? I'm sitting next to James Ham every day. <laughs> Cash money Kenny over here sitting in the second row. <laughs> That's right. He's going to point at us. <laughs> Courtside Kenny. $1,500 for those Lakers seats this week. You look weekend. up and there are TVs, I think. That there were a couple of times where they actually looked up, oh, and I've never thought that with an official that they looked up and saw something, and I was like, "Oh, that's that was late. That's like five oh. seconds late." Guys are getting ready for the inbounds play, and you reverse the call. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Rough. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's just I, I I still can't get over that one that we're talking about, Mark. <laughs> and I so they got it right. I think they got it right. You can see. Uh, the Rashawn's finger bend a little bit. With oh, the yeah, yeah. So I think they got it right. There's no way Mark Davis saw that. Damien pointed out he just did that because Denver went up in arms about everything. Like that's the only – you didn't see that clearly. Yeah, but on the other end they called one that was just as egregious and they did the same thing. Oh, they, they, like, they did it for the Kings too. Yeah, when you like, talk about late calls and yeah. seeing if somebody – I don't I care think, when it happens in the Kings' favor. It's a great point. That's a great point. No, I only care when it only care when it enters the Kings. Uh what'd you think of Rashawn's return last night and push shot back at G one C and all those different I thought I thought Rashawn, I, I, I wanna point this out because you know, Kenny you, you said this regarding to me as K to James. You get fixated on the five of five, you get fixated on the points. I thought Rashawn was good defensively. Uh I thought he coached as I imagined Mike Brown was telling him uh, to play. He or he he played defense the way he was coached, the way Mike Brown is telling him. You could see him almost in an exaggerated fashion have his chest out when trying to guard Nikola Jokic, which is something Mike Brown, Doug Christie scream about regularly. Is to play like that. How did you think Rashawn played last night? Yeah, he got called on one foul that was so incredibly pathetic. Yeah, it was bad. There were I know so, exactly which one you're talking about. I mean, he had a. a like four inches of separation between their chests and he was back and Jokic flailed backwards and they called the foul and you're like, Oh, come on. Like that's why I really do hate the replay system. Like give them extra challenges. It doesn't really slow down the game that much. Make these guys make quicker decisions. I guess maybe they don't have enough people. What's that? That's the biggest thing. Make them make a quicker decision. Yeah. It shouldn't take three minutes. I'm watching at home. Yeah, but I it's not the happened. officials on the court that are making the call. It's back in Secaucus. Yeah, them too. Like, yeah. <laughs> they see the same thing I see. Probably you got to hire better. more people. Come on, man. 45 seconds. We see what's going on here. Yeah, it's crazy. And in, in Secaucus, they have like an entire wall of TVs that has every camera angle from every game playing at the same time. 
And I was told, hey, just so you know, like when you step in front of a camera, it's always live back here. It may not be live on TV, but it's live. So don't say anything funny. <laughs> don't, you know, like just just know oh, that I when you're you. on the court. Mm-hmm. So they're that, getting a direct feed from the NBA the, is getting arena. a direct feed and they hear everything. They can see everything that's going on. So because I have, you know, like I've been doing this so long that there were people that knew me when I was, you know, running cowbell years ago and like would come up and just like, oh, man, I was walking by the monitors and I saw you getting ready for your TV hit and I was like, oh, sweet, James is coming on. And so just interesting. But, yeah, you're always your makeup and everything before because yeah. you, you thought you weren't live. No, I don't do the makeup thing. But, yeah. James, too good for makeup. Well, not all of us are perfect in front of the camera, Ham. <laughs> Sorry, Rashawn. Yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> hey, uh, like I'll point this out too. Um, I was walking out of the tunnel um, right after like it, I left the locker room. So it was 6.15. I was walking down the tunnel and I looked next to me and it's his parents. And, you know, I, I stopped and said, hey, to both his mom and his dad, like, good to see you guys. And and so his family was in the building. His uh, One of his brothers, at least one of his brothers was there. His son was there. It, it's good. It, it, you know, like he needs to have some positivity going on. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy who, like, look, he was a very good player for the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. If he can get right, he could be one of the answers to, for this team. But he's got to get right. And he's got to, like, start thinking the way that, that Mike Brown thinks on the court and how Mike Brown wants him to think. And that's been the biggest issue It's just – the learning curve is different for everybody, especially for a player who just doesn't play this style. It's not his style. I mean, we see it with Davion, too. There are moments, even last night, where I counted, I think, one play, he had 16 dribbles. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Mike Brown was, like, throwing stuff at his TV from home. You know he was. Yeah. So. Hey, we, um, fourth one. Okay. Um, about that situation, Rashawn Holmes, Terrence Davis, Coach's decision, uh, DMP. I talked about it earlier. Do you, is it unusual the rotations or the lack of consistency for maybe the back end of the rotation for playing? Like Terrence Davis plays 30 minutes one game and then doesn't play for two straight games. Or, you know, Rashawn, the whole thing with the backup centers where Metsu was getting playing and he hasn't played in I don't know how many games. And Rashawn Holmes getting, is, is that normal across the NBA, or is this a little unique to the way the coaching staff is handling the rotations right now? No, it's it's very normal. Like, I remember my first head coach was Paul Westfall, and we sat down and we talked about this because, you know, guys were going from starting lineup to not playing for five games, and he said, like, look, just because a guy is is losing his, his job as a starter doesn't mean he's going to lose. He's going to just bump the guy that's behind him and we're going to put someone else in. He's like, plus, a lot of times the guy that you have on the bench is playing really well in his role, and you don't want to move him up to starter mm-hmm. because someone else is struggling. You want to keep him there and let him thrive in his role, and that means that the guy who's starting is going to go to the end of the line, and the guy who's sitting on the bench is going to go in there and play the starter minutes. And, again, starter minutes is like the Kings only have a couple of players to play starter minutes you know, that play 33, 34 minutes a game. And so, like, is it totally typical for something like this? Not every team does it that way. But, like, Paul told me one time, he said, you will never find a team with their best five players in their starting lineup. Never. 
Like they always have someone on their bench that's better than one of their starters or maybe even better than two of their starters. Mm -hmm. But you need that consistency. You need the strength all the way through. Um, and, And it really does depend on like style of play. Like we could, you know, debate all day long who is a better NBA player, Malik Monk or Kevin Herter. But we know that Kevin Herter is a better fit as a starter, and we know Malik Monk is a better reserve for this specific team. Mm -hmm. That could change, you know, going to a different situation or by having a different point guard. But it is kind of the way it goes. And then if you go to this game, this series right here with Denver specifically, like Terrence Davis is going to have a tough time getting on the court because their small forward is 6'10", 6'11", and Michael Porter Jr., so I understood why Casey Akpala, he only played three minutes, but I understood why he was in the game. Mm-hmm. And I also thought that the previous couple of games, I would have liked to have seen Casey Akpala try to defend uh, Kelly Oubre. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have liked to have seen him in the Washington game when Rui Hachimura is taking you to the, you know, out to the woodshed. Mm-hmm. Like there, there were moments where you needed somebody who was different and Terrence can't do that. At 6'4", he can't go up against Rui Hachimura who's, Six eight six nine and like two thirty. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to work. So it's really just with Terrence, probably Terrence and KZ situational, it's situational basketball. The same thing with Trey Lyles. It's just, it's situational because Trey Lyles doesn't play every game either. Like yeah. there was a stretch where he didn't play like two or three games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very specific that they're all lumped into that eight and a half. Nine, That's probably different for Trey now, right? Because Sabonis is out, like you need. Yeah, you, while he's you, out, yeah. You, we're we're going to see any game Sabonis is out, we're probably going to see Trey Lyles. Well, yeah, but you could even say, like, look, Alex Lennon could, if if Sabonis doesn't play tonight, Alex Lennon could start again tonight and probably would start again. But who's next up on the docket? And would Alex Lennon be a good start against that team? Alex Lennon could not play at all. Sure. And so you're really going to have to play one game to the next on what you're doing. And it's that whole back end of the rotation. So it doesn't matter if a guy's starting or not. They're still, like, in the same spot in the rotation. They're still at the back end of the rotation. And so, you know, it's going to change from one night to the next. And it's after you get past Davion Mitchell and Malik Monk, that's your top seven guys. So your eight, nine, and sometimes tenth guy are going to be rotating. And Mike Brown's talked about it quite a few times. Alex, the right call? Yeah. I mean, okay. that last time I – I mean, he gave up two points to that that monster in the first mm-hmm. half. Mm-hmm. And I thought he, he just wasn't – that Jokic wasn't being aggressive. And he started to get him a little bit there in the third. Uh, but I also thought there were some horrible foul calls early in the third that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, took the wind out of Alex Lynn's sails. Yeah. And then you went to someone different and then – then it was a mad scramble with a young coach. It felt like Denver said something to the officials because when they got when Alex Lynn picked up those fouls, I feel like Rashawn got called for a couple pretty quickly too. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, so we came out of halftime where officials were like, hey, you know, the two-time MVP is getting it's getting pushed around down there. Can you guys keep an eye on it? I'm sure they said it much nicer. And 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 all the while he can drop the shoulder from hell right in the chest of Alex Lynn, and <laughs> nothing happens. Like what? What the hell was that? How was that not an offensive foul? That guy sells it too, man. He's, oh yeah, he is so good, but he sells. It. I mean, he like sneaky near triple double, right? Every game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like every game he does that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a sixty tremendous. twenty one ten, 
uh, triple double, but they're in, they're pretty freaking impressive triple doubles yeah. that he drops. Yeah, yeah. I, he's still the like I looked like two days ago. Um, he's number one in win shares. Uh, uh, Luca is number two, and uh, Sabonis is number three in win shares in the Luca's, NBA. Luca's finished to the last night's game. Last night's regulation was just ridiculous. Well, and then even like it's so typical oh. of him. Like I need a, I need a beer, you know. A recovery beer, right? That's what he called it. He did. He called it a recovery beer. Yeah. yeah He's yeah. had a few recovery beers in his life, you can tell. <laughs> it was, it was, that was a hell of a finish last yeah, night. You can, oh, you can have a, you, 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 I, I don't know that I'd go beer. I might I might go bottle of wine or some McQueen in the Violet Fog or some Luke Belair or something, but he, he, he definitely earned it. Where do you stand, James? You're a historian, a, a, <laughs> a, a, uh, a history major. Where do you stand on Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point performance? Like, what do you mean, where do I stand? Like, did it happen? or No, I, I, this, this, this isn't, you know, uh, Oliver Stone movie-making here. Like, I, I believe the 100-point game happened, but there was a discussion on a television show this morning where one of the people on the, the, the show was just adamant that the greatest single-season performance in history was Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. And my argument is... How the hell do you know? There's no video of it. Apparently, there's audio of a fourth quarter. There's a singular picture of him holding it up. Red Auerbach trashed it. <laughs> Bill Russell was like, ha, 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 ha. He finally did it. All of this, it, 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 it appears to be, the more that we've dug into this during the show, that this 100-point game from Will Chamberlain is absolute nonsense. Oh my God. And anyone who frames it as 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 one of the great single-season performances or regular-season performances in history is goofy because they didn't see it. You're this guy. Unless you can find somebody who was there at the game, I need it explained to me. This, 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 this whole thing is just silly. <laughs> the whole the whole thing surrounding this Will Chamberlain 100-point game is silly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, look. If he scored 100, he scored 100. It is what it is. You can't take it away from him. Um, I'm not trying to take it away from him. I'm yeah. just saying it's not the great. It's not the greatest single game performance of all time. Yeah, I mean, without seeing it, like no, it, no, it, exactly. Yeah, nobody's seen it. So yeah. anybody who makes that claim well, is 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 hot taking too hard. There's people who have seen it. Are are they alive? Maybe not. What year? Okay, then no. Then nobody has seen it. Nobody having this discussion There's has seen historical it. historical documents saying we were there. The NBA's trash. Nobody cares about it. But yeah, it happened. And and no one and none of those people are here to talk about it. All those people got their tickets for free. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait I, I a do. Minute. I do. Who's wonder, here to talk about World War One? Like, who? <laughs> well, who's having a discussion about the greatest world war of all time? Like, hey, who's the greatest general in American history? There's a different channel where that's happening, but <laughs> you, you're not watching that channel. I'm just saying. It's, <laughs> it's not true. the one with the wrestlers on it. It's oh. a different one. <laughs> I love that you said wrestlers. Wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, look, if you're going to go back and look at games like that, it's really, really hard because half the guys he's playing against are just, like, by today's standards. Yeah, five eleven. Red or, back said he's playing against nobodies. Yeah, and, and what's he officiating like? And <laughs> well, like, we'll there's drop a lot 60 more on to their it. head every time they play. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more to it. Like, but you know, if you put Jordan in their era, how would he fare? If you you put Jordan in this area era, how would he fare? Like, you're always going to look at these guys in different ways. And I think Wilt would have been. 
a transcendent player regardless of what era he was in. And so, uh, you know, you can look at that particular game through like a lens if you want to. But at the same time, like he would have been dominant in any era and Bill Russell would have been incredible in any era. You know, Bill um, Russell would fit with Mike Brown's Kings. Yeah. Stretch the floor a little bit. Big guy who can move. Yeah. Athletic. Yeah. As Charles likes to say, athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're terrible. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, Will Chamberlain, 100-point game. It's it's the greatest single game oh, of all time. You don't even mean that. Look at this. I do. <laughs> Why, don't go, wipe that stupid look off your face. It's you don't greatest, even mean that. How is it not? The man you scored 100. You don't mean that. It, so did Lisa Leslie and Cheryl Miller. That's not in the NBA. Okay. You, you you don't even mean what you're saying. And That's that was why you got that Jordan High School grin on your face. You don't mean that. No, it is. No, now so, it's not the greatest I've seen because I haven't seen it. Nobody has. That's the point. No one has seen it. No <laughs> one living has seen this. <laughs> it still happens. I can see a video of Dr. King talking about he had a dream, <laughs> but I can't see a video of Will Chamberlain score. Well, he said points. the NBA was trash. Well, they we did. know. Well, we know why they didn't cover the NBA. We do they know told her. They told us all. They told us in that little article why they yeah, didn't cover we, the NBA. It's very clear why they didn't cover the <laughs> yeah. NBA. Um, but it's you know a little too dark I in those arenas. For, I haven't seen it. That was for Philly too. Philly, <laughs> can you imagine a, a sports league was too dark for Philadelphia? <laughs> God Almighty! They said they said at the time that Chamberlain scored that the uh, NBA wasn't even considered a major sport yet. Because what they say, so, nobody so, wants to see so, these giants so, stuff a ball into a basket. That's so. So we've established two things. Uh, three, Red Auerbach is a piece of crap. <laughs> two, Will Chamberlain's one hundred point performance is whatever. And Jesse, we're knocking off at least eleven titles <laughs> from the Boston Boston Celtics. Weren't if, if those aren't even those aren't even real titles according to <laughs> well if. Kenny can give the 49ers all of those titles. That's right. Well, you no, can just take I That's right. You can I just didn't take give them. The that's Niners right. are five-time Super Bowl champions. I'm saying they should be 10. And and the Celtics are a solid 8. Not 7. 8. 7. Those banners all count the same. We're count, we're keeping them. All right. Mm-hmm. They all count the same. All right. I don't know, man. I don't know. Wasn't even a major I don't sport. <laughs> that so I, I I I can't for some reason I can't bring myself to close this page. I encourage everybody when you have time before tonight's game start, search Wilt Chamberlain's 100 point game and just go to the Wikipedia page because hmm. the Wikipedia page is where we found all those newspaper quotes. Hmm. I only read a couple of them. There's a lot more in there that you can go back and read. I'm about to check it out, man, because I need to know. You're more gonna feel about like I game. did, yeah. You're gonna feel, yeah, because it's the only way we find out. This might as well be World War One. They have pictures. No, I, they have a picture. No, they have a couple pictures. Allegedly. People rushing the floor congratulating them. It's, it's allegedly. <laughs> that might have been a different game. That might have been when he averaged, he, he, hey, you just secured 48.5 minutes per game. <laughs> Will, now, Wilt is, is the little fibber because he's like, yeah, they stopped the game with 45 seconds just because they rushed the, 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 the court. And then people were like, no, okay. we have – we have okay. audio of them I, I, okay. finishing the game. I, I got a picture here. He rushed the court. There's three white people standing next to him, patting him on the ass. There's three people. Who's talking about rushed the court? There's three people right there. Well, they finished the game, too. Will said they didn't finish the game. Oh, wait, here's another game. picture. Woo! 
Oh, oh man. You I got I got I got to stop. I got to stop looking at this stuff. That's a hell of a picture right there. But NBA audience, was this game in Utah? <laughs> I don't know. We'll come back. Uh, it, I'm going to try to get James Ham to stay because I feel like he's going to throw something at me. So we'll come back. We've looked back at last night's game. Let's look ahead to tonight's. Uh, the Kings and the Nuggets again tonight. We'll talk about it with James Ham when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D'Lo and KC. D'Lo and KC continues on ESPN 1320. It felt like they had a moment in that dock where they, people were giving different heights. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they ever came to a solution because WWE always said Andre the Giant was seven five. Come on, clearly man. he's not seven five. We're looking at a picture <laughs> on, of Will Chamberlain and 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 uh, <laughs> well, they used to say Hogan was six eight, and like I have a picture next to Hulk Hogan. Now I know Hulk Hogan actually looks pretty tall though. What is he? He's probably six four, six five. But I met him the first time. The first time I took a picture with him, he he was probably a couple of back surgeries in, mm-hmm. so he he could have gotten small. You know you. Mm-hmm. My mom, I noticed my mom has gotten smaller. She's gotten older. Like it happens as you get older, you yeah. get smaller. But uh, I don't think Hogan was ever six eight. Andre was definitely never seven five. He said seven five. <laughs> but I'm looking I think, at the picture with Will Chamberlain. Andre, Andre's tall. Like he's tall dude. He's probably about six. What well, the thing with something. Andre were like his like his hands. Yeah. Like his, he was just his proportions were. Yeah. Like I met the Big Show and like that is a. He's incredibly large yeah yeah he is a he's he's one of those 
he's one of those he's like when you see Shaq mm. like wow that's that guy is just different well, I was we were at the game on Friday I had that thought with Porzingis I was looking at Porzingis and I was like man like what do you do with that guy and then especially like I think back to you know early unicorn Porzingis before you know the injuries like dude this dude you see how big he is and he can handle he can shoot a little bit like what do you do with this dude Porzingis, I, I was—I think that was the first time I'd ever seen him before. He, he's on a tall Friday, dude. yeah. Mm. He's a tall dude, but but I've covered so many super tall guys. I like I've told you guys. I think Aaron Gray was one of the bigger human beings I've ever been around. Mm. He was just like trim. He was so broad and like he was a gigantic dude. And uh, and then Taco Fall when Taco Fall came <laughs> through for pre-draft. Taco, you just looking at like because we had Sim Bular here in Sacramento and. Sim was just kind of like, again, he, I don't think Sim still has like ever done a sit up in his life. Um, like he doesn't have like a core at all, so he's just kind of this, <laughs> this just the coreless center, <laughs> gigantic dude. Um, but like Taco Fall is, I mean, he's like this wide. I yeah. mean, he's a huge man. Taco um, Fall absolutely looks like a professional wrestler. <laughs> Because he could do he's it. Got he'd be the name. next Omos. Tag team partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got the name for it for sure. So. Taco. Yeah, Taco works. Celtics legend, Taco, Taco Fall, by Fall, the way. Yeah. What What can the Kings carry over from last night? Um, you know, it's kind of a good news, bad news thing. You lost last night. You probably feel like you did some things well if you're, if you're Jordy in that group. And you've got another opportunity to – right the ship, get things right, walk away with a split with Denver. Uh, I think there was a lot of good that we saw last night. There was some great. There was some bad. What 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 can Jordy take away? What what can that group take away from last night's game to, to kind of build on tonight? Yeah, I think you can take away that you were in it all the way until the final three minutes of the game and you didn't shoot the ball well. You know, they didn't pass the ball well. They finished with, like, what, 19 assists? Yeah, it was bad. Like, that offense did not work the way it was supposed to work. And I think defensively they were better than, you know, you really thought. But Mm -hmm. I also thought, you know, like they talked about it. Jordy talked about in pregame that we're going to run, we're going to do what we do, and that's not what I saw at all. Mm -hmm. Like that team, they did not run. They did not push the tempo. They slowed it down every step of the way, and that's why it was 96-96 with three and a half minutes left. So – like, I would actually like to see them, like, put the foot on the gas. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see De'Aaron Fox play 38 minutes and try to go for a win. Um, and be aggressive at, at the tip rather than at the four, fourth quarter, start of the fourth quarter, because that's where I felt like he got most aggressive. Whereas, you, you know, and, and I guess it's a, it's a double-edged sword here. The team was playing well. They built a 20-point lead, albeit briefly, but they did. The offense was, was performing well. And De'Aaron was kind of on the outskirts of that, being more of a facilitator than everything, than than anything else. And then it was in the fourth quarter where he got aggressive offensively. Yeah, I mean, even in the third quarter, he started to get downhill. I remember, mm-hmm. I think at halftime he had seven points. He finished with 26, so he scores 19 in the second half. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about De'Aaron as if he didn't have a good night yeah. last night. Like in, he, yeah. he did. I mean, 10 of 17 also, or, or 10 of 16 maybe. Yeah. But your argument was... That that's not a, that's not enough uh, and shot then, attempts. It may I'd like to hear what you got to say because this may go against um, just how you perceive basketball. But I need more than sixteen shots from De'Aaron Fox. 
No, I'm with you. I need like in that situation with no yeah. Sabonis, I need 23 shots. Well, and that's why I brought up Luca. It's like I don't expect Darren to go for for 60, but man, you got you got to be at 35 or 40. You got to mm-hmm. put the threat. They have to. What you needed from Fox was for all of the attention on the Denver side to go to you because you were unstoppable. Mm. That's what you needed. Because if you can do that, then your teammates have an opportunity to get better looks. Mm. Your teammates have an opportunity to shine, to get to the basket easier. You need to draw all the attention. And it can't, you know, whether it's Contavious Caldwell Pope or whoever they throw at him, it, like he has to be able to get past them. And we saw it in at like moments where he started doing like his his breaky down off the dribble move. He started ooze and ahs from the crowd, mm-hmm. you know. But he, you just needed more of it. You needed it from the opening tip. You needed him to be a dominant player. And I thought he eased his way into the game. And without Sabonis there, man, you can't ease your way into the game. And the other thing I'll point out, like <clears throat> the points are fine. 26 points, you know, an efficient 26 points. Mm-hmm. What do you have, four assists? Mm-hmm. Five assists, maybe? Oh. Like, that's not enough. Like, if you're going to put this team on your back, you got to do it. You you have to say, okay, this is my time. I'm going to step in and have your, you know, your moment where you show that you're the all-star that, that everyone thinks that you are jump into the role and see how it goes. I mean, this season alone, how many guys have we seen score in the 40s? Like, there was one night, what was it, the night before Christmas Eve, like Friday night, where it's like R.J. Barrett scores 44, <laughs> Lucas scores 50. Like, you, uh, uh, James Harden had that crazy game where he yeah, had 20, James Harden had a ball game. 20 yeah. assists, right? Yeah. To go with a, a, and yeah, a triple-double. yeah. Yeah, so there was one night where all of these guys are having these, like, incredible nights. Well, like, look... Demonis Sabonis is gone, so whatever De'Aaron Fox has been doing, you need to have him do like that plus an additional twenty five percent during this time. That's you basically got De'Aaron the entire season. You know, twenty six and and four, twenty six and five. Got to be more. You know. Yeah. No, I I, I agree a hundred percent. Definitely capable of it. Like you said, the weird thing about it was didn't play bad last night. Even even we talk about the the turnovers at the end of the game. Uh, what do you have? Eleven points in the fourth quarter. Four of six. Three of three from beyond the arc. Like he he was playing well. It was just you know those couple plays and you know like I said probably want to see more aggression in that fourth quarter out of him. Um, but those couple couple of turnovers. What type of aggression? Ruthless Thank aggression. You. I'm so happy you picked Ruthless. up on that. Ruthless aggression. <laughs> Love to see ruthless aggression from De'Aaron tonight against the Denver Nuggets. Absolutely. We've gone back and forth on this in in some passionate discussions today. You, you talked about De'Aaron racking up more assists or needing to have more assists. And part of the reason, you, you know, maybe not having analyzed, and part of the reason he didn't might have been the fact that the three wasn't falling for this team at all. Is the Sacramento Kings' success predicated on whether they make three-pointers or not? It shouldn't be, but, I mean, a lot of the times it has become that. Um, you know, this is a good, not great three-point shooting team. And, again, like— I They think were that, a great three-point shooting team at one point. When though. Kevin Herter was shooting 54% from <laughs> three, sure. But with Kevin Herter shooting 41 and, 
you know, I was looking at it earlier. Uh, Barnes is still he's over thirty percent. He's at thirty point five. Uh, Keegan's at thirty eight percent. Yeah, he did. Uh, but Monk is down to thirty three percent. Fox is down around thirty three percent. Herder, again, over his last I'd say month, he's probably at thirty two percent, dragging that fifty four four percent down. Like this team should be better at it, but then there are nights where they just keep shooting. You know, I think Will Z put up a stat earlier about wide open threes, and they they shot like twenty three percent on wide open threes. They're getting the looks. They're getting the spray three is, is something that they you know you break the defense down. You get in the lane. You find a guy in the perimeter, and you get wide open looks. They're just not hitting them. They're not hitting them at a high enough clip. And you know, like I, what does this team need? They need a they need another shooter. They need a shot blocker, a rim protector. Um, they need, and hopefully you can get that in one player, you know, sort of a, a three and D three or three and D four. Um, but you know, that's, it's a need on this team. Every team in the league needs more shooting, uh, Davion Mitchell shooting right around 30% from three. Like these are your rotational guys. They've got to shoot better. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's where, where I come with it is, you know, they've, they, this is who they are right now. If you add pieces, you know, to the roster and you add certain players, then, yeah, maybe you can change up who you are. But they're not this, you know, really good defensive team. They're an opportunistic defensive team. They don't have a lot of guys that can break down the defense one-on-one, get mid-range pull-ups, get to the bucket, get to the foul line. They don't have a lot of those guys. Like, you look at just the starters, Herter, um, Keegan Murray, and – Harrison Barnes, he won't break you down. He's going to find ways to get to the free throw line sometimes, but it's not consistent. But those three or five starters, those are, you know, the receiving guys. Like they catch and shoot or they catch and finish a different way. So as they are, I just think that's, you know, their strategies. They've got to be able to hit the three ball, got the number of 12 plus or whatever. But I also think it's all intertwined and everything because when they're able to hit the three, um, the assist number goes up. Uh, they play at a faster pace. And, you know, especially at home, they start to get the crowd involved and things of that nature. So they're all intertwined. You know, it's a chicken or the egg type situation. What comes first, the assist or the threes? I mean, it's just it doesn't really matter. They just both have to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I've i watched too many games this season where, especially in the last couple of weeks, where, you know, their first ten shots, eight or nine or three-point attempts, and that's because the other yeah. team is saying, we don't think you're good enough at, mm-hmm. at the three ball. You go ahead and keep shooting that thing, and, and we'll catch up to you eventually if you hit a few. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. And they haven't hit them. And, and so that's even a bigger issue. Like if you're not going to start a game, you know, four or five from ten, uh, you know, from three, then you're digging yourself a hole. Mm-hmm. And, and this isn't a good offensive rebounding team. It's one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the league. So that tells you that those those long three-point attempts, a lot of times they're leading to transition buckets on the other end. And so you got to figure out a way to get to the basket and get more shots in the paint. I know last night— I thought they did that last night. Early in the game, they were up a ton. It was something like 42 to 26 mm-hmm. points in the paint, mm-hmm. and then it ended up being almost a tie, like 56 mm-hmm. to 52 points in the paint. I, I think that's what it was right around there. And that's something where, you know, they allowed the other team to dictate what was going to happen. 54-52. Yeah, 
Yeah, fifty four, fifty two. Yeah, so it, they allowed the the opposition to dictate what they're going to do in the second half. Mm. And it's one of the you know I think this team has done a nice job of making adjustments at halftime, coming out giving you different looks and and being better than they were in the first half. That just wasn't the case last night. I think that is one of the things that can carry over the way that they played in the mid range. I do think there's some elements to their defense that can carry over in this game as well. I thought some things that they were doing really well in the first half seemed to not exist in the second half. They were contesting and closing out on a lot of threes in the first half, and it felt like those wide open threes for Denver came in the second half. Mm-hmm. And we'll get angry. Where- I mean, that you just showed... I don't know that this team's capable of that. Yeah, but you showed yourself last night that you're in the game against Denver, that you can hang with Denver, with Michael Porter Jr. literally throwing like things off his, his back foot from 30 feet out. Mm-hmm. So get angry, come out with a different mentality, and and show this team that, that you can hang with them. I mean, that's you, you were right there. Like, But show that you can do it for a full 48... Show that when you get up 20 that you can put a team away, that a 20-point lead feels like 20 and not 6 because that's what that felt like. You know, the old Utah mm-hmm. Jazz teams, when they got a 6-point lead on you and five minutes left in the fourth, you were done. Like, they were just going to systematically destroy you. The whole They weren't going to miss enough baskets for you to catch up. That's just not the way the Kings, you feel like. Like, they can let someone back in. They can also catch up. They can, mm-hmm. you know, wipe out a 20-point lead really quickly. Yeah. But... You know, when you got a twenty point lead in the first half, you need to you need to hold on to it. And and that's not a moment to start playing. And that's what I saw. Like I think Herter finally got a, like a couple of threes to go down the first half. He hits a three and then they pull him. Like, no no, give him a longer leash. He just hit one. He hit two. Let him roll. Let him catch fire. L- let's see what happens. Let's see if you can bump that lead up to twenty five, twenty six. That's when you start seeing white flags being waved. You know, um, I, I hope this comes off the right way because I mean this in an absolute positive way. But tonight, I need the Golden One Center crowd to kind of get these guys going. Now they got to get you something to you know cheer about. And we were there on Friday. These guys tried to will them oh, on they Friday. Tried like they, hell, they, man. It, it's not. They didn't lose last night because the Golden One Center wasn't turned up. Like they were ready to go. But teams kind of kind of reeling a little bit, just a little bit. You know, I, I need I need a raucous environment. I need, you know, one of the I need an environment, and this may be asking too much because it's Denver and not Detroit or Indiana. But I need to go to one center to look like at the start of the game, like it did for those two games. People was people were unhinged at the start of those games during tip off. I, I want the same thing tonight. But go to one center. Come on now, come on, Let's wow. get these guys going. Can he? Can he just? Can he just say? Oh my God! He wants y'all to go at Mike Malone tonight. <laughs> well, boo Mike Malone hey, all night. Hey, I mean, you definitely don't boo Mike Malone, but Mike Malone be taking shots at Sacramento. Always. See, that's, that's got to stop. He took a shot last night that was like, oh. Jesus, still? That's he what I'm still saying. Took, he last night, you know what Sacramento, he said last man. night, which um, hat tip to my guy Chris Clark, who was media director in Sacramento for a long time. He said something the effect was, well, your media – I mean, your injury report says Demonis Sabonis is questionable, but all your players that shoot around pretty much said he wasn't going to play. You know, we we need Chris Clark back in here. Damn, to clear things. Oh, that's I was that's like, hey, that's, up. hey man, my, 
Mike been taking shots for a minute, and I like Mike, but I don't like that. He takes a lot of shots. But that ain't got he, nothing to do with. That's what, he, that's what I'm saying. Now. He's always taking shots. Every time he's ever come through after he was let go, he's taken massive shots mm-hmm. at the team. Um, a lot of times, like he, he goes, he goes a little wild, and I'm, he, I've seen him. He makes I've you seen laugh. him. I've seen and, it, and, and I've seen it for over the years, man. And I'm just saying, like, I like Mike, and I understand they got rid of you unjustly. You know, yeah. and and I'd be salty about that too, but I'm on the other side right now. I don't like that. I'm just telling you, I don't like that, Mike. You got to chill. I'll say this too. Like I, I said this a couple, uh, like two weeks ago. If you want to catch a game, this is becoming the hottest ticket in town. Even though they're losing a couple of games right now, like I've been f- working all day to get my son tickets for tonight's game. We just landed him tickets right here at the last minute. Um, but like the ticket guys there, I mean. These are sellouts. They're legitimate sellouts. It's a legitimate packed house. Again, the biggest crowd ever in Golden One Center for a basketball game last night. Mm. Like, get your tickets as early as possible if you want to catch games. And a big shout out to my guy, Michael, Michael Payton, who came through, one of the Kings guys, uh, the Kings head ticket guys over there. Big ups, my wow, Y'all got ticket guys, man. It must be nice. If, you, if you're, if you're, if you're like regular all, people. All 90 of the Barlings were at the game on Friday. If, if, if you're regular people like <laughs> me. reunion. And, and you'd like to uh, get tickets for a Saturday's game when Trista's here. Kyle Matson confirmed. Okay. Uh, uh, Olivia's going to be here. Uh, get them now, and you can pay five times as much as you will for tonight's game. <laughs> That's how it be. Yeesh. It was, yeah. So, so yeah, be. games are sold out. There's tickets available for the Laker ones. Uh, price tag is a smidge bit higher. Uh, anyone confident they win tonight? No, I'm not confident they win tonight. I don't know. I, I don't know. So I'm not saying they're losing. Like a lot of people, oh, we're going to lose tonight. I don't know about that. I'm just not confident they won tonight. I think it's a coin flip. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, if I knew where the soundbite was, I'd hit it because I, I just. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if. Uh... I, I don't know either. I don't know because I like they are we getting another efficient 20 point performance from Jokic mm. and not a 37 point performance from Jokic at the same time. What are we getting from Jamal Murray? We don't even know if Jamal Murray is playing tonight. Bruce Brown being out. That's. that's, that's for the entire, if he's out, that's a big. That's a, that's a, yeah. That matters a lot. That matters to Jamal Murray if he's out. That matters a ton. He right. had some big shots. And last what do you? What do you? Are you going to get another night from Michael Porter like mm-hmm. like you did last night? Is Smith going to be in there? Oh God, he's back to haunt, haunt the Kings. Yeah, again. that's why I saw him last night. I said, "My God, my God, that's it, Is Smith." He threw one six rows deep. He did. Oh my and god! He was terrible last night. <laughs> it was terrible. He, he almost he killed that a, ball. Ma, Mama, I think I killed a man. He yeah. threw that ball so far so into far. the crowd. The lion had to go like resuscitate somebody. That's <laughs> oh, not a good man. one. No, yeah, that's comedy. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's the Kings and the Nuggets tonight. We appreciate you so much for being with us. Uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up. Uh, before you go, uh, hit the subscribe buttons as well. If you're on YouTube or Twitch, if you're on Twitch, uh, hit the follow button. I think we're s- limping towards a thousand subscribers on on there, on, on Twitch. It's taking a while Let's over there, there, but uh, the YouTube number keeps flying, and that's because uh, you're hitting the thumbs up. We appreciate that. Make sure you check out the Kings Beat YouTube channel as well as the Kingsbeat uh, dot com. And whatever happens tonight, we'll be back. 
to cover it. Our final show of the year. Go go home show. Indeed. <laughs> we really going home this time. <laughs> um, we'll be back here tomorrow at noon on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN. Go Kings! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.